Can we curse on this podcast? Yeah. Good. Should we introduce ourselves? Are we recording? Yeah, we should probably do that. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, no. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Hillman, and today we've got a real treat for you. I'm actually not on the microphone after this introduction. You're going to be spending the next 45 minutes or so with Adam and Sam, who you've met before on the show, and today they're going to be talking about the People at Work Summit, the all-online virtual conference that we held for folks that are interested in communities and collaboration and co-working spaces back in April. This is a bit of a post-mortem, a recap, things that we did, things that we experimented with, things that we tried, things that we learned, what went well and what didn't. This is a really valuable conversation and I was really, really impressed with what these two were able to pull out of their own heads and able to share with you. So if you're ever considering doing anything online, any sort of online community building, whether that's a one-time event or a community to complement your co-working space, this is an episode that you're going to want to listen to. So without further ado, I'm going to hand this over to Adam and Sam, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, I'm, I'm Sam, and I'm here with Adam. I'm Adam. There I'm he here, is. I'm here with Sam. We're here together. We are. And we wanted to talk a little bit about the People at Work Summit. Maybe you've never heard of it. Maybe you have. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so we put on a completely remote 24-hour summit back in April. It was a bananas undertaking. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think the reason that Sam and I want to have a conversation about it is because, frankly... I don't think we've really had an opportunity to talk about it. There's been a lot happening here. Yeah, we we sat down, I think, the Monday after, after we all got a bunch of sleep, and we made ourselves a list of things we liked and things we want to do differently or things we want to try. Yeah. But since then, it's been all about Indie Hall moving and yeah. all of the nuts and bolts that go with that. But on April 21st, From noon on April 21st until noon on April 22nd, we hosted this totally online-only summit. A totally online-only kind of comes with an asterisk. Right. There's a a little bit of an exception, which we'll get into. We had 25 speakers, including ourselves, from all over the world. And we had a couple dozen people join online and talk with one another and listen to really incredible talks and perspectives on work in general, not just co-working, but just work. And it was such a really cool experience that neither Sam or I or Alex or I think anyone in the room had before. And man, we just haven't really talked much about it. No. So I think we're going to just take an opportunity today now to go back try to relive it a little bit, talk about why we did it in the first place, the things that we really enjoyed, things that surprised us. Uh, where we want to go next. So let's let's start with why we did this kind of bonkers, exhausting thing. It was bonkers and <laughs> exhausting, yeah. 
So, I mean, you have gone to a lot of conferences. Yeah. Uh, I have only been to Juicy Canada, which I'm told was an outlier for a couple specific reasons. Because I thought so it was great. So envious of that, too. Yeah, I thought it was great. Mostly because yeah. of Angel. Hi, Angel. Yeah. But, um, so what were some of the things that you and Alex were noticing going to conferences for years and years? I, I'm, first and foremost, I have to say, straight up, I'm just really lucky to be able to go to conferences for an industry that we are a part of. Of, that you and I are a part of, and most likely the people listening to this now are a part of, where we meet interesting people, we go interesting places, and we have interesting conversations. I think the first time I ever went to a conference, it was so spectacular. I was so happy to meet people who were speaking my language, talking about co-working, talking about facilitating interpersonal relationships in this place where none of us would have had that otherwise, if not for this place. Mm -hmm. Talking about membership and access and uh, how, when do people get like 24-7 access to a place and do you do that all the time or are there certain like mandates and requirements for people to be able to get that? Like These are not conversations that I have with my friends or my family and finding our tribe and having those conversations, that means so much. And, and more often, just to add on, friends and family have no idea no, what you're talking about. No fucking My grandmother clue. is still asking me how the classes I'm taking here are going. Because <laughs> she just wants to know that this is useful on my resume. Yeah. Like, but being in a room full of people where you can talk about programming or not programming or what exactly that means yeah. or any other aspect of the nuts and bolts of running a place like this yeah. is a huge deal. It is. And so I, I want to go out of my way to just clarify that that is the case it is special it is unique and i am grateful for it given that when you go to conferences with uh, many of the same core people and you see a lot of even, even seeing the same people is wonderful and it's it becomes sort of like a reunion it's so nice to see those people maybe once twice a year that you never see any other time that's great, but seeing the same group of people is its own thing where you want to see new people, have new perspectives, learn from new places of the world that you didn't know exist. And then on the flip side, seeing only new people is its own interesting obstacle in that people who are new to the industry, to co-working, to the concept in general, they have a lot of questions that I feel like, ah, I feel like we covered that last time. <laughs> um, there's, there's this sense of like tracks like you are a novice to this and there's some basics that you should understand. There's some things that we've covered. We've kind of made concrete principles of co-working and what makes co-working and why and how it works that I think are really important to know. And then there's an elevated conversation beyond that. Um, now that I have all of the basic understanding of co-working and my role in it and the things that we can do with it as a tool, now that I have that understanding, we can have bigger conversations that are maybe more complicated, maybe more nuanced. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to get to the nuanced stuff. So if you go to a lot of conferences, you might find, if, if you're like me, you might find yourself hoping you have a new conversation today. Mm -hmm. Like, please let me go in and learn something that I've never heard before. Let me be here and use this as a laboratory to experiment with ideas so when I go home I have new stuff to bring home to my community to 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 everybody that's back in Philadelphia at Indy Hall so there was some sense of like 
I want to make sure that we have comfort with one another when we're all at a conference. Every attendee has comfort so we can level up our dialogue and discuss new things, going through a new frontier of how do we, yeah, but how do we do this better? Now that we know all the basic stuff, how do we do it even better? Right. So there is some aspect of that. There's also something that I found was interesting. Going to co-working conferences usually means or usually meant listening to people who run co-working spaces, Mm -hmm. which it seems obvious, right? Of course it does. But man, it'd be nice to hear some perspectives from people who are not necessarily familiar with co-working, who aren't using the exact same phrases and the same patterns and describing the same problems. It would be really unique to hear perception from people who are in the outside world. I think to a degree... Co-working is something that we've been trying to create together for a long time. And when it was new, we all wanted to make sure that we knew exactly what it was. So a small group of people talks about it, builds it into something. And now we're at a point where I want that thing, that world that we built, to join the rest of the world and cohabitate. Yeah. And learn from people who are not like us. I mean, look at what we do here. We facilitate people who are not like us, and that's the point, right? Like, we, we learn the most from the people who are least like us. So in the same larger scope, I just want our conferences to do something like that, and I want our industry to learn from people who do things that are unexpected. Like, wh- what can we learn about our own co-working spaces and, and people who come here from someone who is a sexologist, that's a person who understands people on a certain level, and I'm sure we can learn a lot. What can we learn from someone who runs a city government? You know, I, I want to be able to have those, those perspectives present. And I think people at Work Summit was, at the time, it was Alex and I just kind of riffing on, like, how would we do a conference? How would Indy Hall do a conference? What would we do if we wanted to do a conference? And trying to figure out the best way to do that and also trying to figure out the, the way to make it so everyone got to be a part of it. That the best part about traveling for a conference is traveling. The worst part about traveling for a conference is traveling. So we want to make it as accessible as possible. And we had this cool idea and then created all this work for ourselves, which you can speak to, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, just to, to recap what you said a little bit. I mean, so having those conversations about co-working is, is so powerful and it's so interesting. And, um, and I know what you're not saying is, well, we've done this a whole bunch. We've been doing this for a long time. We yeah. want to level up. It's more, we need some new perspectives. Yeah. We just want to have uh, maybe higher level conversations mm-hmm. that are also including folks that we wouldn't necessarily hear from. And we did a, I think we did a great job with that with speakers, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, but um, that's, that's a good phrase, and I'm glad you said that. Higher level conversations as inclusive as possible. Exactly. Whereas when we were young as an industry, I think we wanted to be exclusive only in the sense that we defined ourselves and each other. And now we're at a point where, man, I just want to make sure that everyone gets invited into this. Yeah. Uh, and be able to share stuff on that higher level of I'm already running a co-working space. It already exists. We already have members, and this is a thing we're coming up against. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Or this is something that we're trying to implement, to implement. Does anybody have any experience with that? And then the additional thing, which was a big part of the, I think, appeal for this conference is 
You don't have to travel. You don't have to pay money to stay somewhere. You don't have to buy food in another country or city that maybe is higher prices than if you just bought groceries or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Um, it keeps it very simple for yourself. Mm-hmm. Also, so, by the way, you know, the amount of times that you and I have said co-working uh, while we're speaking about this in, in this preamble for what we did, it's, it's intense. Mm-hmm. And we, in an effort to make things as inclusive as possible, we need to realize that we do have a language for ourselves and we try to make sure that we we're putting on an event, an event that wasn't so centric around co-working that people felt intimidated. Like, well, I don't know shit about this, so I can't join. Right. Right. And I think that's something that we're always working on. We are not saying we arrived there. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Far from. So one of the ways we did... So that was kind of the basis, the ideas. It was all a, a Trello board of, we're going to do this thing and it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and then the next step was starting to get some speakers and reaching out to people that we knew would have something new and different and interesting or a different perspective to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think ended up being the, one of the biggest successes is we had a bunch of members talk um, members of Indie Hall. Members of Indie Hall, yes. So we had members that seemed like very clear choices of, well, they're, they're super active in the community. Or, um, you know, Vanessa, who you've heard on this podcast, definitely gave a killer talk. Yeah. Um, and then for me, the most fun was starting to think more about members we have that could create something very interesting for themselves. One of those people was Lydia, who Mm -hmm. gave a talk about remote membership, Mm -hmm. which is something that she and a couple of our other members are basically creating for themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you become a member when you've had to move away from Philadelphia? You can't physically come to Indy Hall. And I loved our conversations leading up to it because, number one, she is a real deep thinker. She And she's very organized. So looking at her list of thoughts was an education for me, even though I've known her as long as I've worked at Indy Hall and she's been a member of Indy Hall. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was this funny moment that happened right before the summit where she said, I'm not an expert. You know that like you shouldn't pitch me as an expert. And I said, of course you're an expert. Look at all you've talked about and looked at all you thought about. And she got a ton of response from her talk just because it was going from a different angle. It was going from a member's point of view. It was going from a member that wasn't physically here. And I think we did a great job of finding lots of speakers that had outside points of view than, hey, I run a co-working space and this is how I do it. But Lydia is a really good example. And any of uh, the Indie Hall members who spoke are really good examples mm-hmm. of people who are familiar with Indie Hall and what you, Sam, and I do but they weren't necessarily they, they had we had to explain why we were doing this event like i think there was some level of education of like why well why would would this event happen because there's some context of well we want to do one that's different from other conferences and we want to apply what we know to this kind of style of event this platform uh, we just want to do it in our our own signature way and I'm thinking back to when we were reaching out to mm-hmm. our speakers. And, um, you know, this is something that we didn't really talk too much about. But was it easy to explain this to other people for you? Was it easy for you to reach out to a, a prospective speaker and say, here's what's what are you in? Yes. 
Why? What, what made it easy? Um, I mean, one of the great things about having folks that are Indie Hall members or folks that aren't members but are kind of adjacent to our community is just like we have a language for how we talk about co-working, yeah. they don't need that. Mm-hmm. They don't need to worry about what exa- how exactly we phrase things and how we do things around here. They just know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or they just know what it looks like from the outside or what it looks like to have spent some time here. Um, so, I don't know. I was pretty clear on, hey, this is why we want you to speak. This is what you're going to bring to this conference. Yeah. And then once we were working on the talk, it became clear why the medium was important. But mostly for the flexibility it gave our members. They could come physically to us where we were recording. They could record from their living room. Uh, one of our members, the Friday of our conference was right before Passover. So yeah. he realized that. He's uh, more, more religious than I am. Um, yeah. And so we were like, okay, we can put you on Thursday. You can be in your house and then go back to preparations once you've finished your 10-minute talk. Um, you know, I didn't find it difficult to explain why we were doing what we were doing because they just wanted to JFDI. Yeah. And if there was more explanation of what... that The trickier thing was the explanation of what exactly we were looking for in the topics. Yeah. So one yeah, of the... Yeah, we did a little bit of coaching. We did. And so for the most part, when it came to speakers, uh, we reached out to them with a specific ask or a specific direction at least you and Alex know a lot more people than I do just from having worked at Indy Hall for longer than I did, mm. but, or have been. Uh, but, you know, for Greg, who is, uh, he runs Philly Improv Theater, it was pretty clear of, you run a business that has grown up the same time as Indy Hall, that has a community the same way Indy Hall does, that uh, creates a lot of the same dynamic for your members the same way Indy Hall does. And we've had conversations about it, and we want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, so that was a very easy ask. Some of them were a little bit broader of, I know you have interesting thoughts about this thing. What do you think? Yeah. And the the specific thing we were looking for for all of our talks, which we hadn't talked about from other conferences because it's kind of a range, is we wanted to make sure that if you're listening to a talk, you're from people at Work Summit, you're getting something from it that you can put into action that yeah. day. Mm-hmm. So you know, we can have Greg come and talk about how Philly Improv Theater grew and how uh, Indy Hall grew and, oh, how cute that we grew up together, but then what do you do with that information? Sure. And I think that was the thing that we had to be a little more specific about, explain a little bit more, that I had a little more trouble teasing out, although I think in almost every one of my people I coached, it was easier to find than I thought it would be. And I guess part of that makes sense in that the, the people who we admire for what they do so well, for the most part, maybe don't even realize how well they do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Lydia is a perfect example. Uh, Greg is a really great example. It, there's some people who are definitely aware of how damn talented they are, and that's fantastic. But f- for the most part, I think we had an opportunity to let people know what you do is kind of incredible, and we really want you to share that with other people. So I, I felt as though some of the coaching that we were doing was trying to explain what it is that they do. This yeah. is what you do. This is why it's amazing. Trust me, it's, it's going to be really beneficial for people to learn about this. And it's nice because that's kind of a, a perspective 
shift anyway. So I, I said, oh, I'm going to be doing a talk, right, when we were yeah. first planning. Because <laughs> I just assumed all of us would be. Yeah. And then it, it is absolutely a perspective shift to go, oh, wait, what do I have to say about this? What do I know? And then have a team of people that are here to say, you do know. You yeah. know. You're an expert. You're great. So that was interesting, too. Yeah. So we do the event. Uh, right. We invite, like, like I said, I think we had 25 speakers total, mm-hmm. including ourselves. We invite all of these people. We organize all of them into a schedule. Yep. Uh, from noon on the 21st of April to noon on the 22nd. Yep. And then we've also had to think about how we schedule like breakout time or just conversation time, right? It can't just be uh, block to block to block. All you do is sit and listen because that would be very exhausting. Yeah. So I know that it was really important for us to make sure there was time for people to unwind and digest what they just listened to. And I think that's something that we're almost definitely going to adjust for next time. So we did have uh, designated happy hours at the end of each four-hour block. So the last hour or 45 minutes to an hour, if we ran over, would be time to sit and chat. We had... Our first block uh, as selfies, everybody sent in selfies, uh, talked about celebrity encounters that they had had. And that was really great. And I think in our future summits that we do, we're going to maybe have fewer speakers and a little more time in between. Mm -hmm. Because one of the other things we did leading up to the summit were Slack chats. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. We used Slack as a way that once you've registered for the conference, you get an invitation to Slack. You can introduce yourself. There was a channel for that. You can jump in and start asking questions and talk to each other. And then we had scheduled times weekly, I think. We were weekly, right? Yeah. Uh, to talk about different topics that either... At first, we were coming up with topics, but then our attendees were coming up with more topics than we could get to even. Yeah. Um, And during the conference, that sort of stuff would pop up in between as well. Things like, you know, if Lydia just gave her talk about remote membership, it's how do you encourage remote members to do this? How do you bring those in? How do you even make that an option? What are you offering? What are your online services like? And that's when you have the conversations on that more micro level like you're talking about with conferences. Yeah. And we can talk more about those Slack chats in a bit, but that was, so, so we had that breakout time. We had time to socialize and have those conversations you would at a conference. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think something I was most nervous about because we have lots of members that use Slack. We have lots of indie hall members that don't use Slack and sure. don't have any interest in using Slack. Sure. Um, and it turned into such an integral way of how we were talking to each other during the conference that it was amazing. It was like a mini co-working space. Yeah. No, I, and I think this makes sense to actually segue into the things that we really liked about yeah. the People at Work Summit. And one of the things that I found to be most surprising, I knew it would be good, but I was really surprised by how good it was, was those weekly Slack chats. They were crazy good. And we had a specific reason for wanting to do it. And it was, if I recall... It was to try to ameliorate the the fact that we don't have proximity to one another. This mm-hmm. is an online-only conference. And given that, you don't really have the opportunity to warm up to one another. Like usually at the beginning of a conference, you get in, there's an icebreaker time or a happy hour to start or coffee and breakfast, whatever. But you have some time to mingle, meet people, shake hands, just bump into one another. 
And our sense was if we do this runway model of having a weekly opportunity to just talk, log online, shoot the shit, get to know each other a little bit, that means when we have the conference actually running, we'll be a little more familiar with one another in the room, maybe a little more comfortable to speak up. Even something as simple as uh, when you're in the room with someone, you see their face. You can compliment their shoes, whatever you want. Um, And something that turned out to be far more important than I thought was in those Slack chats, folks that didn't have a picture, it was really hard to figure out who they were. And then, of course, they did add a picture because we gently suggested it. Um, And that was really interesting, too, because... Some people had the logos for their co-working spaces. Some people had pictures where they were kind of far away. And uh, recently I met one of our attendees because she came up to Philadelphia. Yeah. And I honestly wasn't sure what she would look like because of I had just seen a little tiny thumbnail. Um, then, of course, I saw her and was like, oh, you're a larger version of a thumbnail. But, <laughs> <laughs> but magic. Yeah, but uh, even just seeing people's faces to have like, okay, that's Adam's face. That's Adam who's saying something made a huge difference, I think, rather than just a name, too. Yeah, and then those Slack chats, they, they turned into something, I, I suppose the reason I was surprised by them is they turned into some real value in terms of the conversations we were having. Yeah, they and were barely shooting the shit at all. Yeah, at first we, we kind of thought, like, okay, we have to come up with topics and we'll, we'll stoke this to, to make sure that we get up to speed, but, I mean, they were great. We could have left them alone and they would have kept going by by the second to last one it was it was hard to keep up because there was so much conversation so much thought and so much um fire behind it it was amazing now other than the chats that were leading up to the event of was there anything else that struck you that you really liked from us doing this conference like on the day of when we're all in the same room and you know like the the things that i think of like off the top of my head i frankly, wasn't personally familiar with every single speaker. Mm-hmm. There were speakers that I was working with. There were some that you were working with. There were some that Alex was working with. Each of us sort of had our stable, the yep. people that we were most comfortable with. And I found myself having this opportunity to listen to people for the first time that I wasn't super familiar with and think, holy shit, the people that I work with are really smart for finding this person <laughs> and inviting them to be a part of this. So in, in my own way, you know, I, I was surprised by the talent that you and Alex brought in. You know, I had the opportunity to learn from our own event. Even though we're just the organizers, you know, we, we could actually sit down and experience it ourselves. I think one of my favorite things that happened was um, our big technical difficulty happened on our first remote speaker. Immediately. Immediately. And I'll be totally honest, I was very stressed out about this event because we've never done anything like this. No. Um, There were points where speakers would disappear or reappear. There were points where we just like grab somebody and be like, actually, you would be so great. And so I was very nervous about all of the stuff that we can't control, like internet connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that very first speaker, everything pooped out. I don't even remember what glitches happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting him started, there were tr- there was trouble around the end of his talk. There was trouble because there's internet connection issues. So all of my worst case scenario nightmare fears just happened. 
and we're done. And then we move past. And I remember feeling very weird after that because I didn't have anything to worry about other than, you know, is this person going to show up, which I knew they were because we talked to everybody. Sure. Um, something else I loved was completely unexpected, but one of our speakers, Jess, who is an Indie Hall member, uh, hung out with us almost the entire conference. Yeah, we, you know, we had our own <laughs> little clubhouse situation. Yes. Uh, and it should be noted, you know, ironically, we were doing this so it was online only and we wanted to make sure that everybody could log in from wherever they are. Mm -hmm. But we had kind of staked out someone else's office. Uh, our friends, Amy and Thomas, offered their office to us. Yes, we know them. It's, yes. We didn't just take over. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, right. This was not guerrilla warfare. But they, they offered it to us for the span of the conference so we could be in the same place together. Mm -hmm. And Jess Mason who you mentioned, just kicked it with us like the whole damn time. Yeah. And he, that was really comforting. It was, it was so nice. And around the end, we had Maddie, who is one of our speakers, and Neil, who is one of our speakers, who were both on Friday morning. They hung out for a little while. And I think that's definitely something we're going to do again is it, obviously doing it at Indie Hall was would pop, probably have been distracting, but having him around just to enjoy what was going on and to, you know, go grab coffee if we needed it and yeah. to just be there and be participating. And for us to be able to see someone participating versus just seeing it online was so great. Yeah. Um, also, he's the best. Yeah, he is the best. <laughs> Jess, you are the best. There, there's something to be said for actual physical proximity. And the things that I love unequivocally about conferences is being able to be with people that I don't get to see. Like I mentioned, sometimes it feels like a reunion of mm -hmm. sorts, and I love that. And I was so excited for us to be able to invite everyone from the whole wide world into people at work, but there's something to be said for physical proximity. And yep. I think, to your point, it's something I would love for us to pay more attention to when we do this again is invite more people, whether they're speaking or just viewing, mm -hmm. invite more people to hang out. And beyond that, I would love for us to find a way to encourage other people to do that across the world. The ability for us to hang out with our friends and peers and have that experience for the summit was great for us. And I would love to be able to figure out how that happened and how we can help other people invite people. So we had a, a sign-up sheet on our website. That's right. That was something that I worked on a lot. Was satellite viewing parties. Satellite viewing parties, which was basically an invitation to say, hey, if you have a gathering space or a co-working space or a community space, whatever, invite folks to come participate with you mm -hmm. so that other people could have that sort of shared viewing experience. Um, and with that, I think if you had five people, one of them got in for free, something like that. I don't remember exactly our deal. But I think what didn't work is being able to explain why you would attend something like this together. Yeah, especially because, for our first time. Yes, because we didn't have anything expressly to show of, hey, look at these speakers like this person, this person, this person. We didn't even exactly know how to express what it's going to provide to watch together. Yeah. Because, you know, as anyone that listens to this podcast knows, there are lots of places where co-working space is just space. There are lots of places where it's all about community. There's lots in between. So 
now I feel like we can speak very clearly to why participate in the same place. Yeah. When you don't have to, you can stay in your jammies at home. But when you're in the same place, what does it give you? What does it provide for you? Yeah, yeah. And we have the videos. You know, we, we very smartly made sure that the platform we were using for these talks, Crowdcast, uh, would record these videos so we could share them after the fact. Mm -hmm. So now we actually have the proof of these incredible people giving these incredible talks that we can pass around and say, this is the sort of thing that you have to look forward to. I, I think it, you know, the first time that we've ever done this, hats off to all of our friends who took us up on this crazy gamble and made something really wonderful that we can use as evidence going forward. And I think to to clarify, because... Uh, maybe we're being a little self-deprecating. It was absolutely valuable for the people that attended. It was spectacular. We sent out an email after the conference just to ask people what they thought. Honestly, not to be presumptuous, but we could tell that folks were getting value from individual messages on Slack, from the conversations happening up yeah. to the conference, during the conference, uh, people flipping out, just saying, oh my God, that was so great. Yeah. Or, oh, this is what I've been trying to say for ages. Yeah. Um, so folks did get value. I think I just wanted to clarify that yeah. um, because we know they did. We know we have lots of emails from people saying, here's what I loved, here's what I'd want to see different. And it's been really, it's been so great because I also feel like, and this is just me, but when I have gone to conferences, both co-working conferences and anything I've had to go to as a student, as a person, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that you kind of take in and you don't necessarily participate in. Or mm. if there's an activity, you participate in the activity. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. But it's kind of passive. Yeah, there's not a lot of interaction there. And, yeah. of course, there are lots of things that are not that way. However... You know, you can get away with at a conference sitting in the back and just watching. Mm -hmm. And in our conference, you can do that as well. But I found that so many attendees were so active, yeah. were so active just asking questions. If somebody introduced themselves saying hello, uh, we started doing a, a really interesting thing with emojis that I kind of wish was more of a thing we did in Indie Hall, which was using the emoji reactions on Slack yeah. so you can react to a sentence or a line someone said. And, you know, when someone would introduce themselves, usually we would hop on and say hello right away and be like, oh, thanks for introducing yourself. But once again, it was the same sort of thing where we could have left and all of our attendees would have taken care of everything for us. Yeah. And so that sort of high engagement I never expected and I loved and I want to do more with. Yeah. Because it was so, so amazing. Yeah. And part of the structure that we used for the chat itself, something that I was really impressed with and, and, and happy with was our breakout rooms. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I, when I do think of a traditional conference and going into a room and listening to someone speak, to your point, it is a little passive. And sometimes it's difficult to track down the speaker and mm -hmm. talk to the speaker for follow-up. Or you feel like you have to have a specific question, some reason mm -hmm. to bother them. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not necessarily easy or intuitive. After every presentation, we've funneled everyone into a breakout room, a different Slack channel, where they could spend time with the speaker. Mm -hmm. and the speaker would answer questions or talk a little more, clarify on this point. And I thought that was so awesome because... 
A, maybe it's a little easier to approach someone when you are online. You don't have to physically walk up to them and, and do that kind of nervous like hey i'm adam and wow i just really liked what you talked about and i think you're so cool yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly you smell like summer <laughs> like you, you don't have to go through all of that process so it's it's definitely easier to approach someone and also you have the opportunity to be sharing space with people who are asking questions as well mm-hmm. so someone might ask something and that will trigger you to think of something and then now you weren't the first person to provoke this conversation, this bonus conversation, but you are thinking on all cylinders because you're surrounded by people who are doing the same. And you don't have that awkward situation of butting into a conversation you're not part yeah. of because yeah. just by inherently being there, you're part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really very positive and something that I, I hadn't experienced before, and I'm glad that we did that. I would love to do more of that. That's the, that's, I I think it worked so nicely. And given that this is the first time that we had this event, seeing anything work as nicely as that, it's like, oh shoot. Okay. We're going to keep this one. And I think something else when we were setting up our plans to use Slack, uh, was that we were being pretty tentative with how much we would use Slack. It was definitely going to be the way that we'd communicate, but we recognize that it's not the easiest tool to start using or to figure out how to use. Yeah. Um, now that we know how easily everyone took to it once they we had these Slack chats right away, once we had all these different conversations going on during the summit, we now, I mean, I think we can make more channels for different things. Our Slack chats could be having multiple conversations go on at once, having one that's higher level and one that's for folks just starting a space and wanting to talk about that basic, like, where do I get furniture sort of conversation. Mm -hmm. The other thing is uh, that I really want is a a off-topic or shoot-the-shit Slack channel. Yeah. Because one of the things that happened with it being a 24-hour conference is that oh my gosh, it was just so much thinking for so long. And I think by maybe 10 or 11 o'clock of just that Thursday, not, I'm not even talking about Friday. My brain was so fried that I remember making a comment about a speaker's talk and then realizing I had no idea what I was talking about. I needed to just talk about, you know, pictures of puppies or something like yeah. or comic books or something this is something else. that we we observed this at indie hall right the slack channels where something tactical and significant is happening those those exist and and they're very important but the way that we keep continuity with one another like man i'm just stressed out about the work that i'm doing and i want to put in some animated gifs in this channel i think that is just as valuable as anything else because it like bridges the gap between yeah. I have something important to say and I just want to communicate with people. I just, that's it. Yep. So, even if it's in our puns channel. Yeah, sure. Even if it's in our puns channel. And I, I think it's, it's the sort of thing that I would love to make sure that we focus on when we do this again. And, and on that topic, you know, thinking about things that we aspire to. We, mm-hmm. we put on this event. It's the first time we ever did it. It was a smash. All the people who were a part of it had a blast. I had a blast. And now I'm left thinking, okay, what do we do next time? Yep. How do we do things better? How do we do things more streamlined? How do we make sure that everybody has the best time possible? And uh, something that I'm, I'm thinking about is 
kind of preparation, so to speak. The reason I like the breakout room so much is because you, as an attendee, you had an opportunity to chew on what you just listened to and then talk to someone about it, whether it's another attendee or if it's the speaker. I would love to have that sort of thing going into the event straight up. So we shared many podcast episodes. Some of our speakers joined us here in this room and talked to us about what they were going to do for the summit. And I think that was really great. More of that sort of thing would be awesome. Mm -hmm. So we had more content to provoke conversation from day one. The moment that we log in, be like, oh, man, did you, did you see that talk? I want to talk about it with someone. So being, being able to do some more pre-recorded stuff, I think that would go a long way. That's something I would love to do. I think also along those lines, and we know a lot of our attendees spoke to us about this too, is just having a schedule out before the conference with what our speakers are going. We had what our speakers are going to talk about, but when you can find them. Uh, and I know we didn't have a schedule for this one because we wanted folks to focus on what was happening right now. Obviously, there are going to be names or titles that are more attractive than others, or you might not get, well, hey, what does a member have to say about co-working mm -hmm. versus somebody that used to help run Philadelphia? Mm -hmm. um, and I think now that we've gone through our first summit, we've gotten that trust of every speaker is going to be a valuable speaker. Yeah. So that will allow our attendees to have a little more planning and yeah. a little bit more. And rather than us having to be like, oh, shoot, we, t we should tell everybody what's in the block. Quick, stop eating breakfast. <laughs> you know, put it in there. We'll have it already posted somewhere. We can just remind folks, refer them back to it, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm also just excited about ways, and I don't know what ways we're going to do this, but ways to involve our attendees more. Mm. Um, we had talked when we first thought of this whole 24-hour idea of having versions of us in different time zones. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't... Like an ambassador for different areas, different yeah. regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We could, so we could tag team with them rather than staying up the whole time. Alex ended up staying up the whole time. You and I... <laughs> Took little naps. A little nap. We did mm -hmm. a little nap. But I, I think there's something really powerful there in being able to say, Tag, you're it. You're in California. Uh, we're going to step back for a while. You can tumble our Slack channels. Yeah. Because that's really what we were doing. We were making sure our speakers were all prepped, making sure they were, they were there, had everything they needed, had a good internet connection, got them on the screen, and then that was it. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier uh, in our conversation potentially having fewer speakers. Mm -hmm. You know, 25 speakers is spectacular. I'm so happy that we have all of those people who are available and talented and willing to be a part of this and give us everything they've got. But boy, it's a lot. You, you can definitely overload on your favorite food. So even <laughs> if it's really good, like there's, it's just quite a bit. And we, we had an abundance of, of good stuff and I think it would be awesome if we, I suppose, put more stock in the conversations that we will have together, mm -hmm. the value that we will create together based on maybe fewer pieces of content. And I, I think based off of that, there were a couple of points where I wanted to keep thinking about a uh, talk and I had to be prepping the, the next one or I was in the next ahead. one. or yeah, yeah, so being able to give it that time and have everyone be able to rejoin for the next talk mm -hmm. after giving the amount of time you want to spend with whatever topic you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that also comes from us not expecting Slack to be as amazing as it did. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, we'll be able to play with that. But um, yeah, just all of the all of the ways that we can have attendees take some ownership and make it their summit as well. I'm yeah. excited about because that's to me the indie hall way of doing things is, you know, you and I take care of members in that we onboard them, we make sure that there's paper towels, we make sure that everybody feels welcome. Mm -hmm. But what makes this place amazing is only partly us and mostly members who draw on the walls and create events and bring cookies and do all of the fun things members do. Yeah, and a lot of our job is finding ways to make space for those people to step up to do those things, to feel comfortable enough to have some control over it. So I, I feel comfortable saying that we can apply a lot of that to people at work. Absolutely. Yeah, and treating it like our, our second indie hall. And then there's what I know both you and I really, really want to continue doing, which is those Slack conversations. Yep. I just I need to do that more. <laughs> the, the conversations that we had ahead of time before the summit even happened were so valuable. Mm -hmm. They were so much fun. And there was something that I looked forward to every single week, being able to jam with people who not all of those people, maybe none of those people were here in Indie Hall, under, like actually in these walls. They were all over the place. And some of them were physically here. They were members. And they were talking about stuff that I had no idea they were involved in. Yep. Yeah. And now that we've had this summit, we have so many conversations that, you know, I've, I feel like th there are a lot of really great ideas that have been instigated. Mm -hmm. I have so much I want to talk about with other people. And I just, I want to have a way to connect with those people again. The, the word for me is it's continuity. Like I know there's a world of people like you and I outside of Indie Hall. I just need to have a means to stay in contact with them. Yeah. Doing those Slack channel uh, conversations, those weekly conversations was so huge. I think a little bit of love, a little direction, a little, a little bit of infrastructure to make it so we can reliably expect it, know what we're going to do, know what we're going to talk about. Maybe some days let somebody else drive and just step back and say, you know, I just want to be a part of this conversation. I don't need to organize it. And so that's, Definitely something that we're working on for mm -hmm. the future. As we mentioned right now, the move is everything, everything. all of the time. Um, th there's something very strange about having something so big, but also still over a month away. Yeah. Um, it's so like a glacier. It's like a glacier, exactly. Yeah. Um, or a presidential election. Um, oh, it's timely. <laughs> sorry. Um, but, you know, Alex is a little bit more in the nitty gritty of working with contractors, making those little itty bitty decisions. Yesterday he sat with a bunch of <laughs> shades of white in front of him. That's true. <laughs> which it's, you know, it's a luxury for us that we don't have to worry about those things. We can just come in and be like, I don't know the white one. Um, and so once we are moved and once there's a little bit of brain space there, mm -hmm. I th what's going to come up next for the people at Work Summit and the people that were involved there or people that want to be involved there is going to be something along those lines of those Slack chats, making them more focused, making them super, super actionable, making sure we're all on the same page so that we don't have to spend half of our, in, in this case, our Slack chats were an hour. So we don't have to spend half an hour getting on the same page of here's how many members I have, here's the situation I'm in, here's what our space is like, my staff is like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's something to be looking out for. And I'm so excited about it. And it, it, 
I'm so impatient. That's all I'll say is I'm so <laughs> impatient. I'm so impatient. I bother everyone about it every week because I'm I'm just so excited to get back in touch with all those people. Yeah. I mean, I think the bottom line is we made something that at first we didn't know we could make because we hadn't done it before. <laughs> we We had an event with a lot of people who were absolutely astonishing. We had a lot of fun together. And we just want to do that more often. And we want to find ways to do it so it's not as exhausting. We're not doing a 24-hour marathon of, of, of knowledge sharing every single time, as valuable as that is. We want to find ways to still stay in touch and yeah. have really meaningful conversations with as many people as possible. And the thing that made all of this so amazing was how quickly this community formed around doing this thing that yeah. we didn't know we could do. And it started with just a community of our speakers. It started with just the three of us putting our heads down and doing our best. And then um, it expanded so fast that, yeah, I just want to get back into that community. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the beautiful thing. So there's lots more we can talk about, about things we're going to do, things we're not going to do. But I know... Once the move is over, we'll have some next steps. We'll have probably, we'll be starting our speaker list for next year. I'm hoping we don't make people at Work Summit on Passover again. Because <laughs> well, I was so tired at my Seder, I got in trouble. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we learned one thing, then it's to not do this on Passover. <laughs> right. If we learned one thing and only one, then it's to not do this on Passover. Which is such a funny event design thing that, I have seen in so many places and so many guides, but you still would think that more people would think about it is, is make sure that there's nothing else happening on the calendar. Yeah. And it turns out our summit was on a, a big Brazilian holiday, but you know, we do that's best part we of can. like, that's part of inclusivity, right? Like we, we tried like hell to make sure that we kept an open invitation to as many people as possible. And, and part of that means that we need to, plunder a lot of different calendars and regional calendars and make sure that we, we're truly doing that. So that's something that I, I'm glad that we had a mind for mm -hmm. already. I'm, I'm so happy we had consideration for that, but you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we really nail it next time around. And I'm excited to find other ways to be more inclusive for folks that are not English speaking as their first language or in yeah. different time zones. And we have some bullet point ideas of how to do that, but any other thoughts, we want to know them because it would be so amazing to have this expand to be available for everybody. Yeah. Um, and speaking of things that are available, we do have a downloadable summit, yes. which is on our website. Uh, you can download every talk from this summit as well as notes that we painstakingly wrote out and links and photos so you can feel like you're there on your own time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that we will post a link under this description, under this, this audio. Yeah. Um, the website is peopleatworksummit.com. Needs a little it. updating, but it's, yeah. all of it's there. But yeah, I'm looking at it, by the way, and I'm the only person who didn't have a photograph. Mine's a cartoon. Yeah, I'm, no no one noticed. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad that we took, what was it, and now it is, it's almost July. I'm glad that we took this many months <laughs> to have a conversation about this giant thing that we I'm did. so impatient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice to step back and, and remember that we did a giant thing before we're going to do another giant thing. Yeah. 
And I'm sure we can have a conversation like this about the move as well. But uh, that's enough for now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll save it until we get there. Yeah. Yeah.